former head of PlayStation Worldwide Studios, Sean Layden, has some interesting concerns that even me, myself, I've been thinking about this for quite some time now as gaming really catapulted off of COVID to the point where almost all of the revenue dollars for gaming has increased, whether it's a streaming lane, whether it's the professional gamer lane, whether it's a game developer. Well, some of these developing studios are going out of business, but that's another point. So probably not them, but you get what I'm saying. There's a lot of different avenues in the gaming space now to generate a nice living for yourself. So when Sean Layden came and basically pointed out the biggest issues in gaming, I thought it was pretty interesting as he pointed out some very interesting details that I've been thinking about, but I haven't been able to explain it like he did in this clip right here. So basically, if you don't know, there's a new episode for Lucas Egan, I believe, and it's called The Land Parties Pod, and he had Sean Layden come on to talk about some of the biggest issues for gaming, and then this was a snippet for the episodes. Of course, here's the link. Um, if you want to see the video element, Analytic Dreams video on my Spotify channel to see the video along with the audio, but there's the link right there and his uh, Twitter page if you want to go to it and click that link. But anyways, <laughs> here is the snippet for the, the episode that's already out with Sean Layden. Strangely enough, though, in gaming, of course, we have that weird kind of elasticity, elasticity on the, the cost it takes to create a game but not elasticity on the price you can charge for a game. So whilst, you know, making a game in PlayStation 1 era, there were really solid sub-million dollar games. And even some of the bigger games in PS1 era, those were five or six million dollar games. And you could charge $59.99 for it. You come up to today and you have these enormous, massive narrative experiences or, or huge scope RPG that go on for, you know, tens of dozens of hours. Um, which costs in excess of a 100 or 150 million dollars to make, and yet you can only charge 59.99 for it. So it doesn't take a whole lot of math to see how eventually you get to the pinch point. In fact, I think we're there, mm -hmm. where in order to substantiate taking the triple million dollar risk in building a game, you got to understand it's incumbent on game producers and particularly in the finance department to do their best to de-risk the proposition. You know, how do we pull some risk out? And some of the risk you take out of it is innovation, because innovation is risk. So you end up seeing a lot of people leaning into sequels, because we have the previous iteration of the game, we knew how many it sold, we know there's a captive audience of X million people who will probably buy it if we build it again. You know, part two, part five, part nine. And that's one way to de-risk it, is to go to what... Alright, so basically... He pointed out how the cost of making a game is exponentially larger than the price you could set for said game, which I've been saying as a consumer, called me crazy, but it's almost like looking at something improve, stay at the same price range, and you're like, you know I would pay more for this type of experience, granted, if you do it right, because to be the devil's advocate which i gotta come up with another word because you know i ain't advocating for the devil <laughs> but 
to argue the other side i would say a lot of these games nowadays are coming out a buggy mess to the point where even the price tag that they set is unjustifiable whether it's a cyberpunk when it uh, when it first came out whether it's 2k was asking way more money after the 70 dollars price tag in terms of vc whereas you can't even play the game 70 dollars to get 2k basically is just to get the quick play mode because if you want to get into my career you have to pay way more money to even compete with other gamers then there's other games where it just comes out a complete buggy mess already said cyberpunk uh spider-man 2 i'm sorry i gotta throw it in there definitely a buggy mess right now and for that i do believe that there's some leeway or there's some common ground we can get to with the price point set for games versus the price it make it takes to make a game because i do believe that they should at some point raise the the bare minimum price because if you don't know most <clears throat> basically gaming is an expensive hobby it's not a hobby for everybody to enjoy right it's not one of those like oh i need it's not like food or water right <laughs> you don't need to game so it's an expensive hobby it's a it's a luxury so if you can't afford it then there's things out there that lends you to be able to afford it like uh bargain bin deals uh discounts uh in-store credit like there's a lot of different games that you can get at a discounted price so that these games when they first come out i feel like the premium price i could see it justifiably being raised as a consumer i know i probably sound crazy advocating for companies to increase their price point but hey that's where i'm at as a gamer so anyways he also went on to talk about other things as far as larger game publishers uh hindering creativity because if you don't know if you have a backer who's funding everything and you try to do this creatively but he's like hey i'm paying for this you're going to do this and maybe it's worse but guess what now you got to go with it because he's already done funded so much and he could pull out at any second so then you have large con conglomerates slowing down the creative process according to sean Layden. this is also his words um i played the snippet but the whole interview is out so i'm getting into all his key points then he went into non endemics i think that's how you say it save big money when you start your next project today at menards convert your current recessed lighting with energy saving led downlights from fight electric they're bright and install easily in just minutes they also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch save big on all fight lighting products now at menards shop our lighting options today in store and on menards.com save big money at Companies like Google, Netflix, Apple, Amazon entering the gaming sector as are viewed as potential disruptors, which kind of makes sense. Gaming, like I said, grew larger when COVID happened because entertainment outside stopped completely, of course. So where do people get their entertainment from or the escapism? Because, you know, you had to be in the house like COVID at its peak it was like we don't know what this does to your body so everybody just stay in the house so what did people in or started to do more of game so gaming rose to new heights similar to how when fortnite first came out 
by a lot of people who never game in general just started to pick up a game just to play with their friends right that's kind of how gaming blew up in COVID. it was like a fortnite part two it was like a whole new explosion of new gamers hopefully that makes sense all right so then sean Layden went into industry disruption which i right, talked about that uh studio acquisitions he also uh, talked about that as a problem saying that the acquisitions of small independent studios by larger conglomerates definitely will stifle uh, stifle creativity and studios may be absorbed into larger enterprises affecting their independence and then he talked about how that you know just affects the whole console well not even console he i mean he he said Sony and Microsoft are basically the console war going on, how it affects that and um, how those two conglomerates are basically racing to acquire the most studios. And he believes, Sean Layden believes that this may lead to less creativity as more teams are focused on servicing blockbuster projects, which I'm not mad at. God of War was pretty solid. Ragnarok, you know, besides the trillion puzzles they put into the game to increase runtime it was pretty solid as a game as far as gameplay mechanics spider-man 2 i don't care if it was a buggy mess i still completed it and it was a fire game from start to finish um last of us i've never played last of us not gonna lie um ratchet and clank straight fire <clears throat> i'm trying to think of other ones horizon forbidden west and th those are just some i'm naming off i'm not gonna name up off all of them but basically i like the blockbuster games i feel like if you have a cohesive unit putting together a game and it turns out like this then i'm okay with it like if they was putting out some trash like if god of war spider-man if all those was like trash games then i'll be like okay let's try some new ip but i think the route they're going is pretty on on point because if you don't know sony's by far and away winning the console war and i'm not even like a sony pony i mean i have a playstation simply because of spider-man but that's why playstation is winning the race because people are looking at playstation like oh i can play these games and i can't play it on xbox that's why microsoft like sean Layden alluded to is out here literally buying whole developing studios like a bungie like an activision they're really going into getting whole development studios so that they have a plethora of games under their umbrella so really in the long run microsoft could end up being 10 times or having 10 times more exclusives good exclusives than sony but right now it still looks like sony is winning the console race and then sean Layden went into importance of preservation saying that the cultural and, and historical importance of preserving games for future generations and also call for industry players to realize that their responsibility in preserving gaming content and gaming, if you don't know, has a very horrendous preservation problem because I don't know what it is, but nobody loves to keep the old consoles. They either throw it away. They don't keep uh, they don't clean it or keep it up to date. Basically, they end up breaking to the point where we don't really have too many retro old consoles. And if you do. You could probably look on the market and sell it for a nice, a pretty penny if you was wanting to. But I would definitely, it's like stock at this point. Like not that FTC or whatever, FTX, or whatever that uh, scam stuff was. I'm talking about actual investing into your old retro consoles and keeping it up to date, clean and things of that nature. So that in the future, you could probably sell it, like I said, for a pretty penny. So because I don't know why, but gaming is really struggling with uh, preservation issues. So 
With that said, um, Sean Layden also reiterated concerns about the impact of, of gaming industries creatively with the big studios getting involved, which, I mean, that's going to happen with any form of entertainment. If somebody's going to come to the table, realize that you're bringing something creatively so they want to fund it, no matter how creative you are, if they're funding it, they're going to want you to do certain things that works for them. So if they want you to put out a game, and you want to include this character but they're like this character is so cool we got to put this in dlc because that's gonna that's going to boost sales a um via street fighter 6 and uh, akuma then you're going to listen to your investors because one of the biggest things that companies love to do is look at the stakeholders <laughs> and be like hey whatever y'all want but you're gonna do it because you don't want that money to suddenly disappear so with that being said I think Sean Layden is definitely on to something in this podcast. I mean, of course, you can listen to it for yourself. I have it up right here as far as uh, Luke, uh, Egan, Lucas Egan and Sean Layden. Uh, I don't know how long the episode was, but that was just a little snippet that I played for y'all and wanted to get into the over, his overview thoughts. But definitely he goes into more detail as far as all of the points that I highlighted. But at the end of the day, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about gaming preservation and also do you think gaming has a problem with microsoft and sony racing to acquire game development studios do you think that would be a good thing for gaming or do you think in the long run it will be bad for gamers you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.